0: you are about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, Who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again.
1: With Connor Forest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at ConnorForrest.com. For your questions to be read right on air. Okay, here we go. The end and now broadcasting eight, from the great Commonwealth of Virginia. Eight, eight. Forest Sean, how was your
0: super wild, super duper wild card weekend, whatever they want to call that? How was that for you?
1: It was really good, yeah. I had a lot of fun. Um, a lot of the games are closer than I thought, especially that Miami-Buffalo game. Aren't there something. something? <laughs> was something. I'm telling me, where did you watch them? Was there any any interesting place you
0: went to watch them?
1: Uh, I watched the uh, Jaguars one went, uh, with my girlfriend to a bar. Okay. Um, went there, watched the first half there, which was not a fun first half for the no, Jaguars. You, you, you that, text that, me. That's actually a funny story. I went to bed. Yes. So I, I went back to my apartment me. and uh, fell asleep. And woke up at, it was around 3.05 in the morning. Just I always check the scores. When anytime there's a night game and I, mm-hmm. I fall asleep before it's over. And uh, Jaguars won 31.30. I was like, holy crap. So yeah, You didn't text me until the next morning. I didn't um, text you till the next morning. I was like, what? Because get- you, te- no, you texted me and you were like, dude, this league's crazy, man. Holy crap. I can't believe that happened. I'm like, what? what, what? So I like quickly Googled I want to get into those text messages because if I'm
0: not mistaken, I think I might have insinuated. I, yeah, I, we're going to get into that. I, I want to get into that uh, once we get into the game. <laughs> um, what was on the menu? What did you eat? Was there anything, anything the, good at the bars
1: where it was? Bars just had Bud Lights. Just Bud Lights. Made my girlfriend No home. grub? <laughs> no, I, I think we had already eaten that night. I don't remember what we ate, um, but I had already eaten. Uh, and then I think I just had like a regular, like, chicken or whatever for the uh bucks game oddly like a enough, grilled chicken what's that like a grilled chicken a grilled chicken yeah Aww, with some rice yeah i know God, i know Boo, yeah and oddly enough i was at a uh i was at a gun class for the saturday
0: um, oh interesting
1: yeah i was at a concealed carry class so i get you go i was uh unable to watch the dolphins and the bills and uh part of the uh what was it what was the first game on saturday uh that was the niners and seahawks nine niners and you know i'm sorry sunday i'm thinking sunday so you're all twisted up. How many Bud Lights th- did you have that night? I only had three. Okay. Believe it or not. Sunday, I was at the class. Saturday, I was able to watch uh, the first game from home, and then we went to the bar for the Jags game, at least half of it. Um, and then I had the class, and then on Monday night, uh, I watched the Patriots. That's Patriots. The way Oh, my goodness, dude. Yeah, you're Tom stroking Brady. You're stroking. I watched Tom Brady. Uh, at, uh, at my apartment. What about you before I, I confuse anybody else? Oh, up. listen. would it, no, it was
0: good. You know, on uh, Saturday, we went up to Percival. Uh, okay. Went out to the Percival Pub.
1: Oh, that's with, a good place. Uh, it's a
0: great place out in Percival. Uh, so if you're out in Percival in the Loudoun County area, you make your way out there. We um, had a great time out there. So went for the half of uh, the Niners Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. So that was a good time. I uh, came back and, and, and quite the Saturday night um, just on the couch. And then Sunday it was kind of just posting up on the couch. It was really, you know, it's funny. When you have that afternoon of football, you kind of – my calculator goes, all right, where am I going to fit pizza in this, right? <laughs> like am I going to do like a, a like a sub for like the 1 o'clock games? Hopefully that carries me through to maybe like 6.30. So right at that second half of the, you know, the 4 o'clock mm-hmm. window into Sunday night, do you do the pizza? Or do we just do that straight at like the 8.30, I'll pick it up, have it ready for Sunday Night Football kickoff? right? So these are the real intense conversations I have with myself. Um, Very important, as you can tell. But it was a a great weekend of football. It's one of the weekends that um, I'd say we're heading in. So this is the best week of football of the year in terms of quality of matchups, excitement. And enough games. And enough games. Exactly. Two days of games. Right. Because you, you sift out, in the divisional round, you sift out the nonsense, right? You sift out the dust. Um, what do they say, the the wheat from the chafe? Is that what they say? That's a good question. Wheat from the chafe. Whatever. If you're a farmer out there, you're, you're going to know what I'm trying to say. But it's uh, it's sifting the garbage from the good stuff. And I think this is where you're going to get the best number of matchups and really, really high quality matchups this weekend. But the wild card weekend is always exciting because you've got teams in there that really don't have any business being there. And, and sometimes they out punch away class, which we saw a couple times. So we're going to get into everything that was super wild card weekend. Sean, your hand is in the air.
1: I have a question for you, and I, I figured you're really the guy to ask this. I have an answer for you. Am I an idiot to have thought the Jags should have benched Trevor Lawrence? Now, this is without any hindsight. Hmm. Four interceptions in the first half. Awful throws into coverage when they weren't intercepted. He was very lucky he didn't have five or six interceptions, right. in my opinion. Am I an idiot for thinking that? <sighs> wait, wait, don't don't think any hindsight. Yeah, this is no hindsight. hindsight. Uh,
0: you know, probably. And the reason I'd say that is just sometimes you have to just go down with what you got. Right. Okay. And, and the reality is, is they're all learning lessons. But at a point, um, it was really the same, that kind of same conversation. And, and I'm taking 2020 out of this. Right. I'm, I'm taking looking back with any sort of of false retrospection, but Taylor Heineke, that was the biggest thing when Carson Wentz was put in that week 17 game against the Browns Mm -hmm. where people said, hey, why are you pulling Taylor Heineke's on, you know, he hasn't been great, but he's certainly been better than Carson. He got you to this point. Why are you putting Carson in there? And my big argument against, to be totally honest with you, I I had no problem putting Carson in um, to switch things up, and that was a guy you paid $28 million for, so see what you got. But the main argument to that was go down with what got you here. Right? Like, you, you, there's no point in going like, I don't even know who the Jags' backup quarterback was, but like, is, is what's that going to give you? And what's that going to prove to anybody? If, if he comes back for some godforsaken reason and wins this game, now what do you have on your hand? You
1: have a right. quarterback
0: controversy. It's a whole big thing. Um, is Trevor Lawrence, is this too big for Trevor Lawrence? At a point, you got to say, look, this is, we got ourselves into this mess. Uh, we got ourselves into this hole. Uh, let's dig ourselves out and let's see how we can respond. And it was ironic that obviously now when you look at a 2020. Um, it was leaving him in and him pulling magic right out of you-know-where. Mm-hmm. That uh, is why Jacksonville are not only playing in the divisional round, but I don't know if they are to be slept on too much. Um not going to go overboard in, in, in my assessment of the Jaguars, but um, yeah, I mean, Sean, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I my- definitely agreed with keeping him in. I just thought a lot of that was the yips. I mean, the first interception um, – was, a was not his fault right so but the rest of them it was almost like my god i think i texted you i said he's seen ghosts you did say that
1: game? and not to mention that a lot of his uh even passes that weren't intercepted were just horrible yeah, i mean they were correct. right into coverage and you're it's just the ones yeah. that he kind of went and you go oh it should have yep. been picked off yeah um, my argument was for benching and again this is obviously i would have been wrong this was with no hindsight whatsoever would have been that he was clearly way too flustered, and yeah. and when you're in a situation like that, I think it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to say you are not in the right headspace to complete this totally. job. It's the same thing with Dak Prescott melding. We need to go for two on the sideline right. after the kicker missed what four, four in a row, four P, four uh, PATs in a row. It's uh, this guy's not in the headspace to do his job. We right. need to we need to find an alternative, and uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's, that that was kind of my mindset was he, he clearly can't complete the job, which I was wrong about he could, but at the time you you got to work with what you have and yeah. I do think that though way. that this is
0: where we trust coaches and people who know him better, and 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 it ended up being a bet that paid off completely. Mm-hmm. Of hey, let's see how this guy once he can get in a rhythm, right? And and we saw a little window in that game open up, and they. I really feel like Doug Peterson just said, Look, we're we're gonna ride this out. It's three picks. It, they're really bad. Um it was four picks, wasn't it? It was, it was four. four in the first so half, yeah. I mean, by the time I hit the fourth, you start those things start to come into fans' minds. I think in a coach's mind, it's okay, we need to now completely change how we're how we're thinking about this. We need to get Trevor starting from brick one, getting his foot in front of him and then taking the next step and the next step because that is the best player you have, Trevor Lawrence. He's the best player on that team. So, you know, the sky is – everyone says the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit when you get him on a roll. And I think it went from – the game plan in that first quarter went from, okay, let's stop the bleeding and let's try to punch back to, okay, by halftime it was, okay, we need to reset completely. We need to start this game by running the ball, get Travis Utn on the ground, short passes, intermediate passes, occasional deep shot, and get Trevor Lawrence kind of kickstart. It's like starting that lawnmower. you got to pull it a couple times just, just to get it going. Once mm-hmm. it's going – it's gone, and that's kind of how I paid out. So I think you credit that to Doug Peterson, right? Right? You credit that to a coaching staff that is so much more patient than any of you know our, us blowhards with a Bud Light in our hand. Um, I'm not calling you a blowhard. I just realized I, I you, named yeah. exactly what you were doing that night. But you it was know, a course it's course that I was having. I don't know. Was it course? It, you like the you like the Bud I'm a blowhard. What yeah, well, listen, we all are. Uh, <laughs> let's let's not let the microphones uh, or studio setup trick us into thinking we're anything other than blowhards. Um, Subscribe, though, by the way. Subscribe and listen to us. That's, I mean, look, we might be blowhards, but please support us desperately. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's it's a great question. Um, obviously a retrospective one, but I, I, I love the thought process. And I think that speaks to the credit you got to give Doug Peterson mm-hmm. and that staff for getting that game um, rolling and off the ground. But uh, before we get into that too much, Shawnee, um, we're going to go over everything that was Wild Card Weekend, mm-hmm. preview Divisional, and get our picks. Does that work? Sounds good to me. I do want to start out, though, with giving a quick uh, catch-up on just the NFL news and notes. So, we're going to just jump around to some of the coaching changes. Is
1: that correct? Yes. We got Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury. Not a big surprise. Missed yeah. the playoffs. I think they were 4-13 this yeah, year. I believe is that, so. Is the math correct on there? Sounds about right. Um, they fired him back in the ninth. Texans fired Lovey Smith, so they will enter next year with their third coach in three seasons. And uh, the Broncos, I don't think we talked about it yet. It happened last week of the season, second to last week of the season. They fired their coach, Nathaniel Hackett, yep. the day after Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, we also have Talk Sean about Cole in your stocking. Yeah, Cole <laughs> in, a, in a new job. And a big um, we, we have Sean Payton, could be making his coaching return. I think yep. Denver's the best fit for him. Partnering him up with a uh, veteran quarterback, Russell Wilson, probably would be a good thing. I yep. would think, and not, You'd have to and not Nathaniel Hackett. Um, Jeff Saturday, does he return, or do the Colts seek a new head coach? Remember, Saturday was the controversial uh, hire after they fired Frank Wright. Uh, a lot of people didn't like that move. It didn't necessarily work out as well as people thought. At the same time, they had a quarterback who was uh, – I think ready for the nursing home. I'm <laughs> um, ready for multiple nursing homes. Yeah. Um let me uh, let me just add. We're, we're going to get into all this in the off season, but I will ask you: Do you think Jeff Saturday comes back? No, I don't think so. Either. I,
0: I I don't think so. And I and again, I'm, I we we went over that Jeff Saturday thing in, in pretty fine detail. But I, I just can't see that happening. I think there's going to be enough really high quality coaches that hit the market here that uh, I think the Colts are going to probably go after because unfortunately they are in. A situation where they don't have a quarterback either, so really trying to get a quarterback, get, get your head coach in there, somebody who's new and, and young and able to help scout for a good quarterback. Um, I think that's going to be their priority, number one.
1: All right, uh, we are in DC area, so I will have to ask you about the commanders. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk to me about some of their changes so far. Um, yeah. They were looking like they were, could have been a playoff team, weren't uh, some questionable coaching calls at the end in terms of who's playing, who's not. Um, one. What are some of the changes that have already happened? And two, is Ron, River, Ron Rivera on the hot seat next year?
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll start with the second one. Is Ron Rivera on the hot seat next year? Uh, absolutely. I think I think really what makes this season unique and, and what makes this season kind of something that is um, – I, I, I don't – we're going to get into this in depth, I think. Um, after the Super Bowl because there's just so much to get into. And quite frankly, these would be three-hour episodes if we weren't <laughs> careful. Um, this ownership situation is in such incredible flux here in Washington that I think people – I don't know if fans fully realize that a change in ownership, which is imminent uh, from all reporting, from all people that I know who've talked, um, from people who have publicly reported, JP Finley is on this, A.J. Perez um, is also reporting on this too – Um, This is imminent, and and it's happening, and it's going to happen pretty soon. I I would imagine uh, sometime in March uh, before the league meetings get together, they they will be voting on a new owner here in Washington, and that matters a lot. Um, Ron Rivera has another year left guaranteed on his deal. Uh, If he were to be fired now, Dan Snyder would have to cut him a check for $11 million. Um, He does not want to do that when he is uh, in the process of uh, completely gutting out his assets and cashing out. Um, the other thing that's going to affect the, the commanders this offseason, which we'll get into, is the fact that spending. Um, how much are they going to be allocated to spend um, as uh, free agency approaches and the team is is currently being valued and and, and bidders are going up there and, and trying to sell. So, um, a couple things uh, that I think are the case here for Washington, Ron Rivera, I think might be heading into a lame duck season. I think if this was any other team, I think Ron would would. I would say he would have had a very, very good chance of being dismissed after week 18. A lot of his plans, none more than the quarterback situation, has blown up in his face, which led to Scott Turner, offensive coordinator, being dismissed after week 18. Was there a change needed offensive coordinator? Possibly. Would it it have been better for both sides? Yeah, I could be talked into that. Um, Felt like a scapegoat move. Felt like a real scapegoat move of, we need to make a change, um, and... Scott Turner seemed to be the lowest hanging fruit. So they went ahead and made that change. But the reality is, it's like, like everything in Washington, man, this has happened now for 30 years. Um, I've been having, I mean, I've been having this conversation as long as I've been alive. Um, what does any of this matter when you don't have a quarterback and, and what does any of the coaching really, what do any coaching decisions matter when you have coaches that can't evaluate the quarterback position? And that is the real trouble that Washington have found themselves in for years. And they currently find themselves in. So to answer your question is Ron Rivera on the hot seat right now. no, he ain't going anywhere. Uh, is he going into a lame duck year where I think next year could be the year that he and the entire staff are blown out? Yeah,
1: 100%. Do you think he could be a mid-season fire or early-season fire like Matt Rule? I don't – I mean, it would have to – I think the team is
0: too talented for the bottom to fall out quite like that. I think okay. the defense is too good. I think the offense has too many weapons. Um, I do think, though, that just after three years, and this is something that Ron spoke to, and Ron kind of put the pressure on himself. Talking about, hey, the third year is the year we take the step forward. Well, well, this was the third year, and by the end of the third year, you're in the same predicament you were in when you walked in the door. You don't have a quarterback, our offense is sputtering, and this defense, you know, this defense is the only thing keeping you from picking in the top three, really. And that's just kind of where we're at. But we've kind of been on this carousel for three years now, so um, tons to get into, dude. With yeah, this we're community. gonna have a full quarterback. I mean, we conversation have we have point. so much time to get into to everything to do with the Commanders, but. Um, yeah, I do think that uh, the Scott Turner move was uh, indicative of I think Ron looking for a bit of a scapegoat, looking for some sort of change that he felt needed to happen just to shake things up a little bit. Um and uh I I just yeah, I don't know. I I I've been it's been frustrating. I mean, it's been very frustrating. This this Ron Rivera tenure has not quite gone the way that he would have hoped. Um I mean, it's three straight losing seasons. Um he hasn't had a winning season, I don't believe, since 2016 or, or – It might have been – was it 15?
1: When they made the, – because then the Panthers were really bad. I think 16. it might
0: have been 2018 the Panthers had a had a uh, winning record. I could be wrong. That's a good
1: question. Uh, I don't know.
0: But uh, I'm just going to Google this just for the sake of it. But long story short, uh, Ron Rivera has not had a winning season in quite some time. Actually, 2018 they were 7-9. So um, just hovering around the 7-8 to eight win territory is what – Really has happened uh, for this team, but most specifically for Ron Rivera led teams for the last, you know, five six years, and that's just that's not going to cut it. So.
1: And you know the other thing about the uh, the Commanders, hmm. to make a nice transition, please is the only team in the NFC East that is not in the playoffs it's right now so, so do so you want to use that as our transition we're gonna let's do it you know I'm gonna make this promise to you right now because I know you'll love to do it maybe you can bring in some of your uh, commanders fans uh commanders friends who are also fans absolutely um we'll just do like a, a an hour long episode just all commanders yeah everything Q- quarterback coach McCorn, definitely I mean you name every it. aspect owner, it. yeah every aspect um because I know you got a lot of people uh, that you know Um, that are also fans of the Commanders. Yeah. Uh, We will not be doing one about the Patriots because I'd rather not talk about it. All right, so (laughs) let's get into uh, the wild card round. Let's do it. Let us start. I am going, should I go a little out of order here? Or Why not? not? Go Why out of not? order. All right, let's go. Surprise us. All right, so we are going to start with Dolphins-Bills. 34-31 win for the Buffalo Bills. I think it was a little closer than uh, the Bills wanted. And I think Josh Allen has a turnover problem. I think this is a problem, Sean. I think it's a big problem. I think it is
0: actually kind of concerning. <laughs> um, this is a bit of a problem. And this was a game, again, the Bills up 17-0 at one point. Um, people want to forget that. The- talked about this game kind of being a back and forth and the Dolphins were always in it. The Dolphins were not in this in the beginning. This was this was about to be a situation at 17 nothing where you felt, all right, um, I might just go take a walk or something. I might go out to the grocery store, get my shopping done early and then come back for the actual games to start. And let me tell you, man, <laughs> there there is something to be said about these interceptions uh, and turnovers from Josh Allen. Two he had on Sunday. He did have uh, three touchdowns, 352 through the air. The Bills just never put this game away, and it makes
1: me a little concerned about them. On, on a 1-10 to ten scale, how concerned are you about the Bills? 10, because they're playing the Bengals. Really? Yeah. You That's can't funny. You can't do that again. It, I, I will say the same thing about Trevor Lawrence. He cannot go into Kansas City and throw four interceptions and expect the same result. No. You played the Chargers. Now you're playing the Chiefs. I'll say the same thing about Josh Allen. You just got away with playing the Dolphins, and now you're playing the Bengals.
0: I will say this, and, and we'll get into that Bengals game. I don't think the Bengals can protect Joe Burrow, and I think they had some bad injury news last week that's actually going to end up making me feel a little bit better about the Bills next week. But no doubt about it. I mean, this was this was really interesting. Um, I have to give all sorts of props to Skylar Thompson here. If you read this stat line, you would go, this was a disastrous game by him. 18-45. 220 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Mm. If I said that to you, I would go, oh, my God, this was a disaster. This game, I bet the Dolphins scored four points, like three points. I don't know, four points, two safeties. Maybe they didn't even get a single point on offense. Um, this just wasn't the case. This was a, this was a, a fascinating game where Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell collectively dropped. I don't know what the exact number was. Um, they dropped multiple passes that were game-changing plays that ended up really screwing Skyler Thompson. Really, this his yardage total should have been over 300 yards. Mm. He should have thrown for over 300 yards. Um, On the opening offensive drive, Jalen Waddell dropped a ball that was about to put them into the red zone Um, right through his hands. Tyree Hill dropped a crucial third down on the second drive of that game. Um, so a lot of, of – I mean, look, when your best players are not playing at their best, you don't have a shot at all. Um, But just real kudos to Mike McDaniel in his first year and the Dolphins handling a quarterback situation that really um, took a turn uh, to – you know, when you're talking about <laughs> – when you're talking about your third-string quarterback, like – this should not be a discussion. This should not be a three point win for the Bills. Yeah. Um, but it was. And I think a lot of credit goes out to Mike McDaniel. The one thing I wanted to bring up in this game um, before we move on to the next a lot of people were going crazy about the delay game penalties towards the end of that game. And you watched it, Shawnee.
1: I did not, actually. I did not. You see didn't this watch game this game, now. game. I know what you're talking about, though. You know what
0: I'm talking about. Yeah. I just want people to understand that in Buffalo, on the road, in a loud environment, with a third-string quarterback playing, I, was it his second or third start? Third, I believe. Third start, where he's still learning the offense. He had no intention of dressing this year, yet alone playing, let alone <laughs> playing in Buffalo in the playoffs for a division rival. The delay of game penalties that were happening towards the end of that game, the commentators like Tony Romo and Nance were killing him for it. Twitter were going crazy. A bunch of talk shows were talking about how, how unacceptable it was that Mike McDaniel couldn't get the play call in that happens. Like you're talking a young quarterback on the road, loud environment. He's trying to process it. He's trying to get guys in place. That happens. Like the fact that that didn't happen the entire game was impressive to me. Now you can give me all the Brock Purdy nonsense. You can give me all the third string quarterbacks that have come in and stepped in the, the Bailey Zappies of the world. (laughs) And that's fine. You can do that. This is a guy who is, who's playing under a first year head coach. In the highest pressure environment he can be in, it's not Mike, you know, Kyle Shanahan who's just a wizard at this. He's the best offensive mind in football. Mike McDaniel is learning on this job as much as anything, and just to see what they were able to do in in Buffalo was so impressive. So all all the hats off, um, in the world. Every hat that's uh, that's in existence off to the Dolphins, making it a fun year and, and a fun game. Much closer than than Bills fans should want it to be. Um, I still feel good about Buffalo going forward. I I'm sorry. I just uh, until the Chiefs regress big time I, I can't pick against the Chiefs at this point oh I yeah I can't think I just can't
1: but I the Bengals are just so freaking good yeah, I know it was close just that it, offensive it line it's yeah just no, the offensive right, line. Right. that is it for me um but no, Josh Allen can't turn over the ball like he did yeah and, and that's becoming consistent and, and maybe
0: is this a situation where is this a situation where maybe this is kind of what Josh Allen is a little bit he's a slinger he's a guy who runs runs around you kind of live with that because if it is and we and we have to kind of Temper expectations. I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but this is what people did with Brett Favre his entire career. Hey, Brett Favre's a gunslinger. Might be one. He, I mean, might be. He's definitely one of the best arm talents to ever play. But you knew he was going to throw two picks. It was just going to happen, right?
1: I, I remember when Ryan Fitzpatrick came to Washington. You said the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, right? oh, the guy's going to throw four touchdowns. He's, he's going to throw for four fifty. You get You're getting three picks, so yeah. right? And that's kind of something you had <laughs> well, to live with. And, and are we there with Josh Allen? <sighs> I would say, yeah, potentially. I would also say, I heard someone say that um, Josh Allen. Well, two things: one, he tries to put the the game away, and I think the Bills do as well. Like their mm-hmm. entire coaching staff, they try to put the game away, give that final knockout punch a little too early. Yeah. And they they tried it against uh, Miami. I think there was like a deep ball that got intercepted. Get or something a little creative. Like that. Yep. They, they try to get too creative. Try to get too cute. Try to go for the knockout punch. There was that. Um, and then the other thing was at least in the regular season, a lot of the buffalo buffaloes losses, like the time when they lost in uh, the Meadowlands to mm-hmm. the uh, to the Jets, everything could be traced back to Josh Allen, Yeah, the losses and the turnovers. And uh, that's not always the case with quarterbacks. Sometimes it's like you said, the dolphins. sometimes it's dropping uh, open passes by wide sure. receivers. That can be traced, but but for the bills specifically when they lost in the regular season, Everything could be traced back to Josh Allen and the way that he closed out games. You're just coming to the point in the season where if you want to play in the Super Bowl or even the AFC Championship, you're probably going to play Kansas City and potentially San Francisco, and you can't sure. be turning over the ball that you many times against, against either one of those teams. Well,
0: there's a difference between you turning the ball over and a defense also forcing turnovers, mm-hmm. and the problem is when you play defenses at this level that are forcing turnovers, now you're gifting them stuff. It's, just, it's a disaster. It's, it's, a, it's a cycle that can't be spun out of, but yeah. – um, we'll preview the Bills coming up here. Uh, all the hats off to the Dolphins. shiny who do we got up next?
1: Let's get it over with. Uh, Giants, Vikings. I know you don't like the Giants, but awfully impressive win, 31-24. Um, the, the Vikings – I forget who said this again. I'm, I'm, I see stuff all throughout the week, and I forget who says this. The Vikings should be a little concerned about losing Jeff- Justin Jefferson because mm. s- somebody drew a parallel to the um, uh, Stefan Diggs situation mm. where – Minnesota just does like they're a good team, but they just don't. They don't look like a Super Bowl team.
0: Well, I, you know? I think
1: I think one thing needs to
0: be said about this Vikings team: um, a twenty-four to thirty-one loss at home to the New York Giants, who are going to the divisional round. So let, let's get a couple. Let's get a couple things out of the way. If you watch the Minnesota Vikings for any point this year, at any point, I watched a lot of them, actually. Um, I'm a huge Kirk Cousins fan. I love Kirk Cousins. I've, I've always rooted for him. I, I, The Vikings, one of my best friends, diehard Viking fan. Um, and I, I, I really try to watch as much of the Vikings as I can. Um, Their defense is the worst defense I have seen fielded by an NFL team in a number of years. And, and what was funny was that the conversation leading up to this Giants game had nothing to do with that. Mm. It was all, how can Kirk do in prime time? How is Justin Jefferson? Is he going to go for 150 or 180? <laughs> you know, how is Dalvin going to do on the ground? And and it kind of seemed like everybody was gladly just tropesing over the fact that this defense was borderline not fieldable. I mean, they're made up of... Um, Veterans who are significant... I mean, you watch Eric Kendricks for just a minute. You go, my lord, that guy is a Ring of Fame member for the Vikings. He needs to retire yesterday. (laughs) Um, But this, unfortunately, was kind of a a perfect storm in the worst way possible for the Vikings. You have a team in the Giants that have hit their stride really well and that have really learned... Daniel Jones has, has become a franchise quarterback um something that no one wanted to admit and no one wanted to really say could be a possibility he, he has become a guy that the giants cannot let go in into uh, free agency in any capacity uh coming up the the big problem for the vikings were that the giants defense has taken the next step and their offense has been able to just do enough and for the vikings their offense is their only answer and their defense is is a JV level defense and so what happened? What's what, what When you put all that into a mixer, what do you get? The first two offensive drives for the Giants are, uh, let's see, 85 yards on eight plays. 85 yards on eight plays. The entire first drive for the Giants took three minutes and 12 seconds to go 85 yards. The next drive, 81 yards on five plays, two minutes to score a touchdown and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley on the ground. Um uh, for a 28-yard touchdown on their first drive, and then Isaiah Hodgins for a 14-yard touchdown on the second drive, it, it was a it was it was not a hot knife through butter. It was a hot knife through air. It, it, there was zero resistance, and at that point, you began to realize, okay, uh, this game is going to get out of hand for the Vikings if they're not able to start putting points on the board offensively, um, and they couldn't. Uh their last two drives were a punt and a turnover on downs to finish the game. Kirk you know <laughs> and
1: a three yard pass. A three yard pass on, on a fourth, fourth and eight, and eight which eight, is yep. like
0: you know, I think I just you just like you'd like to see that go past eight yards, like just try. It. And I know yeah. Kirk was getting hit. I know the defense uh with the the, the defense which is Dexter Lawrence was in his face the entire mm-hmm. day. It's a really difficult situation. Justin Jefferson is getting bracketed, but just throw it up. What happens if it's picked?
1: I was throwing it up before to Jefferson and the works. Just give it a shot. Yeah, somebody. I, again, I'm going to go back to that. Somebody brought up the point that the Vikings are, they've got to, they've got to get a defense this year, like you said, because if they, it's imperative. If they have a good offense but not a good defense, then you're going to start incentivizing people like th- this was the point. You're going to start incentivizing people like Justin Jefferson to want to leave. His contract is up at the end of next year. Yeah. And he's an unre- unrestricted free yep. agent. Um and, he, and you know, you already lost Stefan Diggs to a similar similar situation, um, where he just didn't want to come back to Minnesota and now he's on arguably the best football team yep. um in the NFL. So a lot of concerns for Minnesota. I believe they fired their defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. And Donatel was, they, their, f- yep, was fired just
0: actually an hour or so ago. I got the, the Yeah, the, that was breaking news right
1: before we came on um yeah man you're right they're uh their 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 defense is bad and they haven't been able to get these big stretch wins where they're winning by multiple scores it's all been tight games and, and yeah when they get blown out they get blown out
0: and statistically the funny part was i i think this season their point differential i think they had a negative point differential and they're 13 and 4
1: because they got blown out by they were Cowboys, winning one position three yep. and packers then they destroyed them packers destroyed them and then they Colts were up what thirty three nothing at halftime. Uh,
0: their wins are, are are single digit wins, like yeah. one possession one possession wins. The the other part of this that was unfortunate for them too is that their offensive line was just hurt uh, big time leading up to this game. Backup center uh, broken ankle and, and Brian O'Neill partially tore his Achilles. Uh, you know in in, in you know in, at different points during the season, those guys put in season ending IR. Um, and then Garrett Bradbury, uh, their their center had been out. Um, for for quite some time um, and came back and just wasn't the same. So the Vikings, unfortunately, is just kind of the same old story with them. Um, but it, it doesn't you know, I think I think things under Kevin O'Connell should be looking up. And I mean, you shouldn't look 13 and four is nothing to just kind of say that's all luck. Right. I mean, this is a really high octane offense mm-hmm. when they're when they're healthy. Um, their defense just, I, I, I think you fire everybody (laughs) and you literally just restart. What do you, um,
1: what do you do in the off season? If they're them, do you go for veterans or do you go for draft picks?
0: I mean, you have to find a way to mix a little bit of both. Um, but you go get some free agent guys. And this is where pro scouting comes in handy, right? I mean, Preston Smith was a second round pick for us and played with the Redskins for, for quite some time. Um, was just never really just never lived up to his pick um he had a couple breakout games that showed you his potential but a big dude out of mississippi state that some people projected was a first rounder in the second round washington felt they got a steal and he just never lived up to it all of a sudden the packers scoop him up after we release him and he has been on the packers since and he's very very productive with them so um there's ways to do it you know you're pro scouting go go find some young guys go draft go get yourself an electric um, an electric, uh, you know, edge rusher or, or a dominant linebacker that can help replace, you know, Eric Kendricks. Um, get yourself a coordinator that can that can really, you know, do the, do the best with these guys. Try to scheme, excuse me. Try to scheme it up. But yeah, that's where I'm at with the Vikings, man. But um, for the Giants, um, they're hitting their stride, and and I think this is just such a well coached team that really nothing else kind of matters. Um, Daniel Jones, twenty four, thirty five, three hundred one, two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley. Um, had a big game. Daniel Jones led the team at rushing. That dude, when he is able to use his legs, like, people just don't talk about it. He had 78 yards on the ground on 17 carries as a mm. rusher. Um, and When they're using him as a rusher, it's just how, how do you game plan against them? Like, it's really funny. You talk about a guy like Lamar Jackson, like the Tyler Huntleys, that, that duo um, of running quarterbacks uh, in, in – um, Obviously in Baltimore and then the Justin Fields out there who's still working on his arm, but he's just a running quarterback. When you've got a guy like Daniel who's a big dude, I've met Daniel a couple times. He's a really big guy, huge hands, really big dude. He just looks like a Kirk Cousins. I'm in the pocket. I've got cement blocks for feet, but I can sling it everywhere. He's an unbelievable athlete, an unbelievable athlete, um, and it shows. And and when he's able to use his legs on the ground, it just opens it up for everyone else. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, don't even know who that guy is. He had 105 yards, a touchdown, eight receptions. <laughs> Darius Slayton, that guy's a two as a, at best on most teams, possibly a three on good teams. Um, possibly a three. He's a three on good teams. Um, if he's on the Vikings, he's a three maybe a four Um, but they're just getting production out of these guys Richie James I don't know who Richie James is he had four catches Daniel Bellinger had a touchdown or it's like I don't know who these guys are but they're getting the most out of them and that speaks to coaching and I think Giants fans should be um, thrilled and excited about what's going on uh, moving forward Uh, I hate the Giants but I will say this of the division Giants Eagles Cowboys I have, for some reason, lost real like my vitriol towards the Giants. I just don't feel like I hate them as much. They haven't
1: been as irrelevant.
0: No, but also like it's funny because they've won. I know, the Eagles won the most recent Super Bowl in the division. But
1: they've won the most that they, you've been alive.
0: Yeah, they won two in my lifetime that, yeah, that have that stings <laughs> and sucks. But, like, I, I genuinely – like I said, like, a, a, when New York is doing well, like, I, I think a New York team, like a, a classic team, like the Giants with a huge fan base, I think it's good for the league. I don't know. I just I, – I don't have the hate that I used to have for them. I, I want them to lose. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I just don't have the – like, I hate the Eagles. And I hate the Cowboys. Like, I, <laughs> I, I can't I, – I cannot stand watching them succeed. I just don't feel that way about the Giants.
1: Yeah. No, it's – I mean, yeah, they're my – I would say on the hated – NFC East teams, for me as a Patriots fan, I got to go Eagles at top. I can't stand their fans.
0: Yeah, there's something. The
1: Cowboys fans, then Cowboys, then Giants, then Commanders. I can't. They're all except for Commanders. I don't like any of their fans.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We, unfortunately, have got kind of – I hate to say this if you're a fan out there. I'm I'm not trying to call you out. I think we've kind of become a stupid fan base, which is kind of a bummer. I've gotten into some debates with people over, like, people message me or, like, comment on an article or they'll – yeah, they'll tweet at me or send me something about something I said and try to get into a back and forth, and I'm like, this is really
1: low IQ stuff.
0: Anyway, um, moving on. Shani, who do we got next?
1: All right, let's, we've already talked about it a little bit. We'll uh, continue with the Chargers-Jags game. Jags big comeback, 31-30 to win over the Los Angeles Chargers, who uh, were really starting to put things together at the end of the year but uh, fell short, Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence moving on to Kansas City. Your thoughts on this one. I mean, yeah, we, we, we touched on this a little bit. Um, this is as like epic
0: of a collapse as you'll see. Uh, but this is also what makes football so great. It's just this funny dichotomy. Um, Shawnee, first things first, I want to ask you, because I want to pull up our text messages, because this was something I said to you at the time. Um, first off, was this a miraculous comeback from the Jags, or was this a royal choke job from the chargers what on a scale of like if you were to cut this into a pie or a percentage
1: was this a great comeback or a miraculous choke job oof i'm gonna say more so choke job because at for at the, that point well, for the record be able to i agree with the you. game away yeah i i, I agree yeah with you i mean what were they up at halftime was it 30 to 7? 27 20, nothing 20- at one point, And then it was 27 to
0: 7. And I'm
1: going to pull right. up. I yeah, up you got to be able list. to put that away at that point.
0: So this, you text me on Saturday night, 922. You said, WTF is wrong with Trevor. This dude is choking. <laughs> I said, dude, I can't believe what I'm watching. My dude is seeing ghosts here. Um, you said I was at a sports bar and we left. All right, that's what you said. I said, stunned how bad they looked. It's so weird to say this. But down three possessions doesn't feel unattainable. They've got to get a turnover. It's really not unattainable. It wasn't. And I felt that way because I felt you come out of half. And I'm going to pull up this game log here and see second quarter. Let's go to halftime. Who got the ball at the end of half? There you go. So the Chargers got the ball. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I said, you make a stop and you score a touchdown. 27 all of a sudden to 14. That's that's not unattainable. The Chargers go down the field and score a field goal. At that point, you're talking about thirty to fourteen. You score a touchdown there, and all of a sudden, it's twenty-one to what is it, twenty-one to thirty? Thirty, yeah. Now it's a nine-point keep. Like, I I have to agree with you. I think this was, and this is not to take anything away from the Jaguars. It's not to take anything away from what they've done, and and how, what they're building how tremendous trevor lawrence is and how good of a coach doug peterson is the fact that i i went back and i thought about this um i thought about this because when it happened i felt like oh man this is this is not going to be good we got to go back to the second quarter cameron dicker hit a 23 yard field goal and that was a result of Justin Herbert missing a wide-open, a wide-open Keenan Allen in That's the end zone. That's right, yep. And he sailed this – I mean, it was 15 feet over said. Like, it was almost a situation where the second he let go of it, it was like, okay, but this was just the worst throw of all time. It kind of goes back to a Week 18 game of Trevor Lawrence missing. Uh, was it Christian Kirk in the end zone? I
1: believe so, yeah. And he
0: just sailed it over. It was just a terrible miss throw. And at that point, Cameron Dicker – it's the field goal, and I'm trying to see at that point what is the score of this game. I mean, this is a um, this is a drive that uh, they were all the way. I think they were at the, the Jacksonville 6. Was this after a turnover? It might have been after an interception. Wh- whatever it was, it was – I, I don't know, but they ended up having great field position. They kicked that field goal to make it 27 instead of 31. And I remember feeling like if this game gets blown, that is going to be a play mm-hmm. that's going to live in, you know, live in Justin Herbert's head I, I think un- until he's gone, right Until he passes away. Um, and really looking back at that game, that was everything. Um, the fact that Joey Bosa just I don't know if you ended up seeing the highlights of the personal fouls he committed in this game, um, that ended up allowing Jacksonville to go for two. Um, to get that extra point and to kick a field goal to win it and not just to tie it mm-hmm. um watch i mean I, I that's just a meltdown i mean he had a literal meltdown that's that's one of your best players your your team captains and he he just has a complete meltdown throwing his helmet around two 15 yard penalties it just changed the course of the game right it was one was enforced on a kickoff that pinned them deep into their own territory and it was a quick three and out the next one literally gifted them an opportunity for trevor lawrence to just jump, reach the ball over, get two yeah. free points. And this game doesn't go to overtime. It, <laughs> it's, it, it was a total meltdown. I mean, team wide, your best player completely just losing his mind. Um, whatever the, 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 refereeing might've been in this game. I mean, Sean, this was something, man. I mean, it was amazing to watch. It was so entertaining from not having any, you know, any chips on the table for this game. It was really fun to sit back and watch other fan bases just crumple up and just die. But, I mean that was a choke job that is like and I mean this is just the Chargers. I turned to <laughs> Anna in the, at the end of the third quarter when they made it a nine point game and I turned to her and I said, I have watched the Chargers do this ten times. Like I don't I don't they're in the We've AFC. We've seen it not
1: even in games. We've seen it do it do it to an entire season. It's an entire season. Like I have
0: seen and she's like, Well, the game's not over, you don't know yet. And I'm like, Anna, I've watched them do this. Mm-hmm. I've watched them do this so so many times. Like, it's Philip Rivers years. It's, I mean, I, I, the, what, how many of the coaches? Did Anthony Lynn, is now Brandon Staley? I mean, I can't even get them, but the Marty Schottenheimer year, I believe it was a Marty Schottenheimer year. Were they playing the Patriots?
1: Um, was this a, an AFC championship?
0: Yeah. I believe Tom Brady throws a pick, and then it was basically a game ceiling pick. That's right. Yeah. And then the, it was fun. They have done this for <laughs> decades. Decades. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. it was in Qualcomm Stadium. I believe it was Tom, Th- Tom Brady yeah. throws a pick. Yeah, I, know what I can't remember about. who it was. That may who have been a
1: divisional off. round. And they, yeah, they got it at like the. No, you know, was it he threw a pick and then they threw it right back to the Patriots or something like it that? Was,
0: he fumbled it. I believe he fumbled, he fumbled the it. pick got it right and back. Then yeah. they got it right back.
1: And they ended up winning. the I saw game. those highlights recently. Come across yeah. in my Facebook feed. Yeah,
0: so. it was. Uh... I can't remember what this was. It was... Um, I know
1: we pl- we played Phillip Rivers once in an AFC championship. I believe it was 07 when we went to... When we ended up losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. I could be wrong. Marlon about. McCree.
0: That's what it was. It was the Marlon McCree fumble. And there have been hilarious blogs out there that I've read and stories of, like, what would have happened to this franchise if Marlon McCree never fumbled that ball? Um, they were an unbelievably good team. You feel like if they won a Super Bowl, would they have left San Diego? Like it's it's yeah. It's
1: this crazy. Um, it was in two thousand six. Two um, thousand six. Yep. Was a divisional round. Because we played them 2007. I just looked it up in the AFC Championship, and we won. But the AFC Divisional
0: England. Round matchup, yep. Okay, San Diego so Chargers, okay. New England Patriots. The Chargers were a juggernaut in every sense of the word, rostering a league-best 11 Pro Bowl players, an NFL-record 31 touchdown season by Hall of Fame running back LaDainian Tomlinson. Jeez. That is 31. Believable stat: thirty-one touchdowns. That's crazy. By Hall of Fame quarterbacks
1: get that passing Good quarterbacks yeah. don't even
0: do that. Like we we felt a thirty touchdown year from Jameis Winston that time where he broke out and had. 30, I believe we, didn't he have thirty interceptions and thirty touchdowns? I think he did. Yeah. Um, can you imagine ten game winning streak? to finish the season, place the Chargers firm as the number one seed in the AFC. They were 14-2 and two that year, oh, and they lose in the divisional round after that. Um, but, I mean, not to go back in history too far, but, I mean, we, we've watched this for years and years. I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, unbelievably new levels uh, of pain. Um, but uh, Jaguars 31, Chargers 30, What? A, that's going to be a classic game we talk about for a while.
1: Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and uh, move on to – we're going to talk about the Bengals-Ravens. Bengals get the win 24-17, probably a little closer than they would have wanted, but nonetheless, they will head up to Buffalo to take on the Bills in uh, a rematch of the game that never was mm-hmm. um, because of the DeMar Hamlin uh, cardiac arrest on the field. Um, obviously, that's going to be a big storyline going into that game, but let's talk about this game, the wildcard game, first. Bengals-Ravens, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean... This kind of just that one play stands out to you, right? It's a Sam Hubbard 98 yard touchdown mm-hmm. it, that just kind of and, and this is this is playoff football for you. I mean, this is this is AFC North playoff football specifically, right? Crazy things happen.
1: It was chippy, it was a chippy very game. chippy game, a
0: really strong defensive performance at, at times from both teams. But hats off to, to Tyler Huntley and, and the Ravens for sticking around. This game is much closer than it needed to be. Um. Ravens were kind of getting after, getting in the face of, of of Joe Burrow at points in this game. I'll tell you this, though. That play was such a – it was so emblematic of what the Ravens' past few weeks have been. Where, first of all, uh, Greg Roman, uh, their offensive coordinator, obviously uh, they parted ways uh, today. But to call a quarterback sneak where Tyler Huntley is basically jumping over the pile, a small guy, and trying to reach the ball over – and, and and break the plane at that point when he's about two yards out it's mm. like what you know and it's emblematic because it just and and Ravens fans are going to be asking themselves this question until next year starts it's just what would have happened if, if Lamar was in this game why wasn't Lamar there why why wasn't he with the team he didn't even travel with the team like what And that, and that situation is a whole other series of podcasts which again we'll, we'll get into going forward but specifically with this game when you're playing a division rival when you're playing a team you hate when you're you know in the playoffs um those small mistakes turn into catastrophic game-changing plays i mean it's just everything's on the line and that's what happens sam hubbard and by the way could he have been running slower i think me and you could have run back and forth (laughs) three different times before he got to the end zone and they still just didn't catch him um he had an entourage i think of three blockers and mark andrews almost tackled him still which i was like what are you all doing um also, I think he got blocked in the back. I, I don't know. There was just a lot yeah, of yeah. There, there was, a it was little, just like, yeah. what is going on here? I, I, I mean, like he had an entourage of players standing around him with their arms out, like "Don't touch him." And Mark Andrews is just meanwhile chasing him down completely. This is a tight end, by the way, um, doing the Tyree kill or Daryl Green treatment, where he's just no, listen, Metcalf right?
1: treatment. Yeah, yeah. There you
0: go. <laughs> um, and his blocker just lets him walk past him and then illegally blocks him in the back. I'm like, okay, this is just everyone needs to go home. This is terrible um but those mistakes man just yeah. enough just enough hats off to the ravens jk dobbins had over 100 yards he had some comments after the game we'll get into later um but over 100 yards i mean you just start going back in that game and going why didn't they continue to run this ball why didn't they give jk dobbins more and on that goal line just feed it to him feed it to him and if, if you're gonna lose and you lose in the trenches in a game that is just a literal game of inches here literally a game of inches Go down that way. Um, but to go down the manner they did uh, on a huge defensive play that just kind of sucked the energy out of the stadium and they're just unable to really gain any sort of traction after that, um, it was a shame. But, yeah, Bengals have to clean up their offensive line, man. I just don't think they're even capable of – of uh, I just don't know if they're really capable of protecting – um, Joe Burrow very well at this point, which makes me concerned going forward. But, I mean, if they can do it, if they can find a way to scheme around it or do it, I mean, this is a
1: Super Bowl team. Yeah, no, no I agree. Alright, let's move on to that uh, Buccaneers loss. They hosted uh, the Cowboys. I know, there, there's Connor's ground. Cowboys, a big big night for Dak Prescott. I believe he had five total touchdowns, four passing, and a rushing. Um, they win 31-14. to um, I hate I this. I know you, I know you hate Ugh. this. I will say that Tom Brady and Mike Evans were – I've never seen a quarterback wide receiver, at least in the playoffs, off as much as Brady and Evans. Um, I, I am I, – I, you know what? I, I thought of this. Mm. People are saying, oh, we're shocked that the Bucs did this. We're shocked that this happened to Tom Brady. If this yep. was not Tom Brady on this team, and we looked at any other team that played exactly the way the Bucks did all season long – we would be saying, Oh, this isn't surprising at all that they lost 31 to 14, even though they, you know, division winner and got the, got the home field. Like they looked awful all year and they did. And I think we're just surprised that it happened to Tom Brady. Um, with that being said, obviously a lot of questions in the off season for what happens to Brady. Does he retire? Does he go elsewhere? He's a unrestricted free agent as we speak. Um, I, I think we'll probably get the answers after the super bowl on the 14th of February. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyways, Cowboys big win for them. They will ho- they will now travel to San Francisco, God bless their souls, to take First, on the 49ers. Yeah, seriously. Connor is uh, hoping that'll be a 54 to nothing smackdown. Let me
0: tell you how quickly I will order a Brock Birdie jersey and put it on. I will be <laughs> from San Francisco. I'll have the like the, the what what are those you see on the memes? The jean shorts that come down to your calf or something and the like Nike white shoes and the mustache. Wait, I'll do you,
1: it. Uh, you'll move into the full house. I will home. move
0: in 100%. I will be Bob Saget. Um well, that was
1: in San Francisco, right? That was the in house, San Francisco. Go, That's go, exactly yeah, my right. right. Look
0: at you go. Um I did tweet this out. And again, I'm 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 doing nothing but self-promotion tonight, but I just need this to be clear. And I think this is totally true. At 10:10 10, 10 p.m. on Monday night, I tweeted out Dallas are a really good team, no doubt. But I think we all collectively may have forgotten that the Bucks were really really bad
1: this yeah. year. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Cuz like, let's Let's That's my it, point. Is they were just, here. they yeah, were just not good. They were just not good. Let's call a spade
0: a spade. We collectively took what happened with Dallas in Washington way too seriously. And we took what happened with the Buccaneers in Carolina when they won the division way too seriously. Right? Are Dallas as bad as they showed against the Commanders? No. No, no. No. They're not. They have way too much talent. Dak is way too good of a quarterback to look as bad as he did. And quite frankly, I think I said verbatim on the day after when we did the podcast about their loss against Washington, you couldn't try to look that bad. So they were not going to come out and look as flat. They almost in Washington looked a little disinterested. I'll be totally honest with you. They looked a bit disinterested and that to me I think speaks more to a culture than necessarily a talent thing and I think when you get the guys amped up and when they get down to Tampa they were the ones kind of being disrespected Dallas were just top to bottom a better football team in every capacity that night they've been a better football team in all capacities throughout this whole year and somehow they went in there as almost a coin flip game I think they were two and a half three point favorites which is like okay this should not be the line should not Mm -hmm. be this low um and I think we just forgot the Buccaneers are broken. And it makes me so sad. Like, it makes me sad to say it because I, I, it's a bummer to me to see the Bucks regress so much over the last few years. Uh, They're such a fun team. Uh, I love watching Tom Brady, best QB to ever play, in such a great city. Um, I just – I really hope they can get it back together and – try to fix a few things and get that team back to winning again. I don't know what the future is going to look like for Tom Brady. But in this game, from start to finish, I mean, the Buccaneers offense, they could not run the ball. They couldn't protect Tom Brady. The receivers could not get any sort of separation. Yeah. And from the beginning, from the beginning, uh, after the first – I believe it was the first two drives that Dallas punted. Um, they were at two that, three and outs, yeah. Two three and outs on either side and from when Dallas were able to get the ball rolling it was a bowling ball down a hill mm-hmm. and it was just they could not get stops the defense couldn't get stops in any capacity and Dak Prescott was, just had a career night this game was vitally important for Dak Prescott it was this i think was the highest pressure game that Dallas as a team has played i, I i'd have to i don't know maybe you go back to that packers game in 2012 or 13 where they were that des bryant was this a catch game away from a divisional or from a from a conference championship game um but I, this was the highest pressure game i think dallas has faced in many many years and they answered and they answered in a big way and i think that's really important um i mean dak prescott was was flawless in this game four touchdowns 305 25 30 uh 25 or 33 uh, Tony Pollard was effective on the ground. Uh, Zeke Elliott continues to do absolutely nothing. Um, just don't <laughs> know why, whatever. Um, Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and T.Y. Hilton and Noah Brown and Tony Pollard through the air as well. Just tool after tool after tool. And their defense stepped up in a big way. Tom Brady threw the ball 66 yeah. times. Yeah, they, the l- When I tell you they could not have – and this is – the funny part was, um, you know, we talk about playoff Lenny, you know uh, – <laughs> playoff Lenny went five carries for 11 yards averaged 2.2 on the ground so just 2.2 yards more than I averaged on Monday night um they just (laughs) didn't they were not interested in running the ball at all they couldn't run the ball so they stopped they just like okay we're going to have Tom Brady's arm fall off in this game um and that's what happened game wasn't close it never felt close if this was any other quarterback than Tom Brady playing we would have turned the TV off but it was on because Brett Maher decided he was not interested in kicking field goals at all. Should have been 35-14. to Missed four straight extra points, which if you have had a golf club – we've gone golfing together, Shani. If you've had a golf club in your hand before, you knew exactly what Brett Maher was feeling. You knew exactly. It was the yips, and it was just a feeling of, oh, my God, like – We've all had a golf club in our hands where we just keep, we can't fix our shot. Like you're hitting, and it's just constantly going right. You're adjusting your feet, and you're adjusting your hands, and you're changing clubs, and it just keeps going right, and keeps going right, and you you just can't stop it. You can't stop hitting the ball into the lake. I can't remember the last time I saw a professional athlete literally, and you could see in his face, just like part of me was like, dude, what if he just kind of benched himself, just went to coach, coach, go for two from now on? Yeah, I know I'm a professional. I can't physically do this anymore. Now, he did make the last one that he attempted. He which, did, yeah. Okay. How do you feel about him going forward, by the way? <laughs> You're going against the 49 Nineers, He like, said
1: they're sticking with
0: him. Okay. All yeah. right, guy. Yeah. Okay. Have fun with that. Yeah, I. That was, that
1: was crazy. You might send Mike
0: McCarthy into cardiac arrest just watching Brett Maher walk out there if they're down two and they need a field goal to win it. It's just like.
1: I think I told my girlfriend this. I said it's always the kickers who consistently make it that miss the Super Bowl winning kick. It's always the ones that consistently miss it that make the Super Bowl. I have (laughs)
0: never seen anybody quite like Joey Sly for us this year in Washington. If you're a Washington fan, you watch all the games, you're going to know what I'm saying. This dude's leg, I'm not kidding, Sean. I would be downfield level watching him kick 66 to 68-yard field goals and make them in in warm-ups. This dude has a leg. By the way, jacked out of his mind. I mean, in training camps, just the biggest dude ever has a cannon leg. He loves nothing more than missing 36-yard field goals or 33-yard <laughs> field goals or extra points It's just like, yep. I guess do more squats. I don't know, dude. Stop missing kicks that you need to be making. Yeah. Like, it's just what are you doing? You have a job, a single job. Yeah, yeah I, to watch Dak Prescott slam his helmet and say like like let's effing go know, for two. I know I agree
1: with him. You got to go for two in that situation, man. Oh man, even I mean it's not a close game, so there's you know no harm, no foul there. But Ugh,
0: thank God. This is
1: what I mean when players get flustered. Like it's just downhill from there. I mean we that's really and I I don't recall the last time I saw it.
0: This weekend we saw yeah. it twice. We saw Brett Maher with the yips He could not make an extra point, and then you saw literally Joey Bosa having temper tantrums that my my almost one year old son is capable of of holding himself down with. I mean <laughs> he just couldn't be controlled. It was just like <laughs> look it up. It was that it was the killer one that led to the two point conversion which ended up making the field goal a game winner instead of a game tying field goal where Brandon Staley he takes this helmet off on the field, which by the way, take five steps over and throw the helmet on the sideline. No one's no yeah. one's throwing the flag. On the field and Brandon Staley's in front of him like looking for the helmet, picking it up and giving him just stop it. Get to the sideline he just it, it didn't matter. Sure. It's literally meltdown
1: city. <laughs> so we had two meltdown uh, cities this weekend. Um, All righty. You want to move time. on to the divisional round? Did we get to the Seahawks game? Oh, we didn't. Oh, my goodness, man. Seahawks 49ers. Um, this 41, was the only game. 23 win for the Niners. This is pretty much as we expected. Maybe a, maybe a little shocking yeah. in the first half. Uh, I think Seattle had the lead by a point going into halftime. 17-16, they, 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 yeah. I think that's what it was. It was. Um, the game did not end up really being close,
0: but I will say this. I actually want to pose you a question real quick because this game kind of went as we expected, right? The Debo Samuel show, the Christian McCaffrey just can't be stopped and Brock Purdy doing what he needs to do.
1: I need to go on a Brock Purdy rant. By the I way, I need to go on a Brock Purdy rant because I literally going to on a rant together. We're going to have to I'm gonna, go I'm on tell you what my rant is. OK, go ahead. If he was on any other team besides the 49ers, we would not be talking about him <laughs> like he was an NFL starter. And put this guy on the Texans. All right. I I totally I I, I agree he, he's with you. on the most weaponized offense in the NFL and certainly the most weaponized offense re- re- remaining in the playoffs. And we're talking about this guy. Oh, you know, I, I next Tom Joe Montana two <laughs> I I've I've heard Joe Montana two so many times when he <laughs> takes the field. Put him on the freaking Tennessee Titans. Or the Houston Texans, or the Indianapolis Colts, or the—you name a terrible team—and he is some second-string quarterback. You're speaking my language here, so I'm gonna Thank let you, you take
0: over the rant. I will. I will pose you a couple questions, though, okay? Okay. To play a little bit of devil's advocate with you, because to a degree, I have felt this way 100% about Brock Purdy. Up to just this last weekend, I started kind of trying to pose myself some questions. Try to be as even as I can here. If you watch some of the games, if you if you watch how he's played, he's been very accurate. He oh yeah yeah downfield very accurate, pretty decent size arm, great at manipulating the pocket. Something that clearly like I'm, if you took, I don't know, say you take any other sixth seventh round QB and and you drop him in there, uh, I, I would uh, what, what's his name uh, Skyler Thompson would Skyler Thompson be putting up three thirty two and three touchdowns? I don't know. Maybe I I could be maybe all I can say is what he's doing right now is starting to it's beginning to escape. I think it's starting to veer a little bit away from, oh, just the 49ers are responsible for Brock Purdy. It's starting to veer a little bit away from that and a little bit more towards. Okay, is this guy Andrew Luck 2.0? No, I don't think so. Is this guy a situation where the 49ers saw him as a franchise guy? No, because guess what? They have Trey Lance. Like, not only was Brock Purdy not their second option, he was not their third option, right? They kept Jimmy Garoppolo for this reason. But I think watching these games, watching these games, watching how he throws, watching his accuracy, command of the offense. I think it. And, and just watching what the 49ers are doing. Like, right, uh, Rich Taylor said, don't watch what they say, watch what they do. The 49ers officially said today, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back healthy, he ain't starting. Brock Purdy's riding this thing out. If they win a Super Bowl, it will be because Brock Purdy is their quarterback. Mm. Which, say what you want there, man, and I, I I agree with you. Kyle Shanahan is the best offensive mind in football. He's I, I think he is going to go down as one of the greatest offensive minds in football, genuinely. And they are stacked. They don't have a weakness anywhere on their roster. That said, the ball does not throw itself. And, and this guy is, is not... This is not Checkdown Charlie. This is not Alex Smith in 2018. It's not Mac like, Jones. This is, It's not <laughs> Mac Jones. He's not hitting swing passes. This guy's pushing the ball downfield. Point, point is extending these plays, extending his a, offense.
1: He's on the best team in football with sure. the most weapons. You
0: see, though, late-round draft picks have to have playbooks dumbed down for them. Big time. Mm-hmm. You see this all the time. You see and, – and, and look, I don't know. I'm not in the building. And also, I don't know the 49ers' playbook. So, who knows? Maybe they are dumbing this down. and like Kyle Shanahan just making this look so good that it is dumbed down. It doesn't look like it, though. It certainly doesn't look like it. And, and from all the reports that are coming out, um, they're not slowing down or dumbing down anything. I mean, they are giving the keys to this kid, and he is – I mean, he's driving, man. He's driving. And, and, again, Debo Samuel is an unbelievable athlete. Christian McCaffrey is about as good as he gets when he's healthy. Uh, Brandon Ike is becoming a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Kittle, a
1: yeah. star
0: um they don't throw the yeah, ball to check. themselves yeah. right they don't throw the ball to themselves and and i will say this um we have seen teams that are really really talented i think washington's one of them they're not on the san francisco level whatsoever mm-hmm. but teams that are talented where um you can put all the tools you want you can you can put the uh <laughs> I, I really hope that was picked up on Mike that, that, be, <laughs> that was, funny. I really something hope something shattered up. Yeah. And Anna, Anna's up there. Uh, gronk spike in glass. I'd love to, uh, <laughs> I don't hear screaming, so it looks all as good. I really hope that was picked up on Mike though. Cause that was hilarious, <laughs> but you can put Terry McLaurin, you can put a healthy Curtis Samuel. Um, you can go out and get, you know, Brian Robinson and put him together with an Antonio Gibson. You can go have Logan Thomas and, and a, and a couple good tight ends. Like you can do that what you want. Um, the commander's offense was embarrassing this year. Mm-hmm. And it's all because the quarterback just couldn't do it. Um, Brock Purdy's doing it. I no, think he deserves I, I, a shitload credit that.
1: For I agree, but I, I, you know, let's not pretend this guy is Joe Montana 2.0. Because I have no. heard that. I have heard that, and that's not true. Correct. The guy's not better than Tom Brady. He beat him once. Brady's on a bad team. The 49ers are good. Yeah, People oh, oh, this guy could, this is the guy that beat Tom Brady. Well, okay. Yeah. Shut yeah.
0: up. I mean, we heard this <laughs> no. about Jimmy Garoppolo, though. Remember that? Remember Jimmy Garoppolo comes in for a backup game when Tom Brady was – was he sitting? Was he? Tom Brady
1: was suspended at one point. Okay, there you go. Jimmy Garoppolo comes Grappolo. in. How many? How many games did Jimmy Garoppolo play? So he run? played three. Then he got hurt. And then we put and, um, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. Yeah. And then
0: Brissett was the next Garoppolo because Garoppolo was the next Brady. See, and that's
1: what they do because you have weapons. And so, but, but I, see, again, that's my. By point. the way, po- for the record, po- po- that ridiculous
0: cycle of Garoppolo's the next Brady and Brissett's the next Garoppolo, who's the next Brady. That's what you idiots are doing with Brock Birdie or not Brock Brady. Uh, Bailey Zappy. Whatever well, idiot, ba-
1: dumb, stupid name. Ba- Bailey Zappy <laughs> will probably be a Hall of Famer. I literally have canceled. I'm kidding, folks. No, but but look, if they want to go with Brock Purdy, that's fine. You're right, the ball doesn't throw itself, but also the guy's not Joe Montana 2.0, and that's my point. Sure. Um, Right now, he certainly isn't. He's not. Could he be a starting quarterback next year? Yeah, he could be, but he's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He could not even be Trevor Lawrence. Mm, uh, Level wise, he could be. I mean, you don't know. know. You don't know. You don't know. Look, could could this guy be a, a really good Daniel Jones? Probably.
0: Yeah. Sure. Could be. Why the hell not? Could be a Kirk Cousins. Could be a Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Could be a Carson Wentz. You're no, right. he can't be a Carson Wentz. Could be a Bailey
1: Zappi. <laughs> Could be a Mac <laughs> Jones. Go up five yards over there. Okay, I'm gonna pass. Oh, oh, was it? Oh, and also, and when 35? I twist my ankle,
0: I'm gonna act like I got shot and <laughs> save me private Ryan. All
1: um, right, let's move on to the divisional round. Let's move on and make some game picks, shall we? All right, we're gonna start. We've got two. I love how they do this. Two games on Saturday, two on Sunday. I love think it. it is perfect. Love it. The times are. NFL, I want to kiss you on the face. I, you're
0: so correct with you. all you're doing. This is perfect. <laughs> all
1: right, let's start with the Saturday 4:30 game, first game of the divisional round, Jaguars at Chiefs. Who do you got and why?
0: It's just the, the Chiefs right now, as of now. And I will come in next week and say I'm wrong if I'm wrong, and I could be wrong. The Chiefs are my Super Bowl favorite on the AFC side. Okay. They just are. I just Pat Mahomes. I don't really care what anyone says. Joe Burrow. Is electrifying. Justin Herbert, unbelievable arm. I, it doesn't matter if I had my choice of an NFL player to take and steal and put on Washington's roster. It's Pat Mahomes. Oh, There's yeah. not a yeah. single other player. So with that in mind, Chiefs coming off a bye week. They're 14-3. and three. The regular season is officially uninteresting to them. They just don't care. They win constantly. Um, I, I'll take the Chiefs here. I, the Jags are a great story. The problem for the Jags to me is is not their offense getting off the ground? It's I just don't think their defense are going to make enough big plays, and that's what you need. You get to the divisional round, you get to the to the the conference round. The, the problem is is in the AFC right now. There's just such high octane offenses. You got to make stands, and I don't think the Jags defense is going to do it. So I'll take the Chiefs here, Shawny.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Kansas City. Let me ask you on a scale from one being no chance at all to to ten meaning yeah, there's a high prob- probability this could happen. Where do you put the upset alert meter? Six. Six, okay. i put
0: it over five because you just don't know. I mean, if it becomes a shootout and all of a sudden Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen are, are getting right in the face of Pat Mahomes and maybe he turns the ball over, um, I just don't know. I, I, I'll i put it – I'm going to revise it. I'll put it at, at at five. I'll say 50-50. There's a 50-50 chance this game could be – it could be an upset. But um, 50-50 seems high. Maybe I'm completely out of my mind, Shawnee. Maybe I'm just all over the place with this. I
1: could – I would say, no, no, no. Oh, a 10 is a very okay, high Yeah, probability. I could see there being an upset, but I'm still picking the Chiefs. I would say six is right. Okay. I, I'm going to go All with right. a six. So
0: apologies for my stroke I just had. I'll stick with six.
1: Allow me, I'll stick I'm going to go six. back in time a little bit. They played on Please November stay. 13th in Kansas City, same situation. It was a one o'clock game, though. Jaguars at the time were three and seven, mm-hmm. Chiefs were seven and two. It was only a ten point win for the Chiefs, twenty seven seventeen. Yeah, Jaguars. I think they kicked an onside kick to open up the second half. They might have, or maybe it was the it was to open the game. It was. To, it was. I know Could've there was not It was to open. There the game was an onside kick. I do remember it. this. Yep. Um, not that that's that's probably not going to happen again. But it was only a ten score game. And obviously, we've seen the Jaguars uh, come back from much more than 10 points. So mm-hmm. uh, this will be fun. I, I still think the Chiefs win. All right, uh, Giants-Eagles, this will be the night game on Saturday, eight fifteen. Who do you have?
0: Shawnee, I'm going to take the Giants.
1: Mm. I think
0: the Giants beat the Eagles here. I think we might be overlooking a little bit that the Eagles. I know Jalen Hurts was hurt. Jalen was Hurts.
1: You like no, that one? Boo. Oh, come on. A zappy hour. That's just embarrassing. zappy like, hour is Jaylen better than
0: that, so. That's a good one. No, it's not. I really hope some listeners out there, like, at least breathe through their nose kind of heavy. Like, you know, that little laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, hopefully, <laughs> one of those. Just give me one. All right. So, you're going with the Giants? i going with the Giants. Okay. I think the Eagles struggled down the line here before Jalen Hurts got hurt. And uh, I think the bye week, I don't know if the bye week is going to help them or hurt them. I don't know. Dude, the Eagles could completely murder the Giants. They've... They've done it already this year. Um, I just think for some reason, Johnny. I think the Giants are hitting a stride. I think the defense is playing opportunistic. I think their offense is is kind of on a roll. I dude, how crazy would it be if the Giants went in and beat the Eagles to go to the the conference championship? Yeah, that'll, that'll be, be fun.
1: I, I'm gonna. I'd love to see the Giants do it. Can I can I make a first and after further review history? Please. Can I say coin toss game? Meaning it could go sure. either way. I'm going fifty. I, I really? really don't know. I re- I'm going 50 You know what? 50. Honestly, really Sean, I'm taking
0: the gavel because it is after further review with Force. You have to make a pick. I have to make a pick. You have to make a pick. Giants. Mm-hmm.
1: Giants. Okay. Let's go, Giants! <laughs> All right. I will say this: Week 14, they met in New York. It was a 48-22 win for okay. yep. the Eagles. Let me see. The played Week 18. It was only a 22-16 win uh, for the eagles at lincoln financial field but that was last week of the season it was a Gardner. no jalen started that game didn't he Gardner Minshew played at the cowboys and then against and the saints and then i think jalen i i really I, i'm gonna go with the giants but yeah, secretly Johnny. i'm gonna say it's a coin toss game. i really robot. don't know Okay. Um, like, Bengals at Bills will start our Sunday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Who do you have here? I'll
0: take the Bills for the reason that I said a couple times before. Uh, I think this is going to be a shootout. This is going to be a classic. I think this is going to be one of those games that you put on your DVR and you'll watch again in May when you miss football. Um, I think every AFC game going forward is going to be that way. Mm. I'll take the Bills because I just don't know how much I trust – The Bengals' ability, especially Jonah Williams, is now out of this game with a dislocated kneecap. I just don't. I don't see the Bengals being able to protect Joe Burrow enough. Okay, no, I mean that's
1: a good reason. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm I'm sorry, with the Bengals rather, only because of the turnover issues with Josh Allen. I think that continues, and I think it's a close enough game to where having two, maybe even three turnovers, is enough to decide the game. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I could see, I, I like your argument, though. So, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Love it. All right. Let's go out west. 49ers hosting the Cowboys 630 Eastern Eastern time. Yes, Eastern time. So, 330 Pacific. Yep. Why are you picking the 49ers? I always ask you <laughs> when the Cowboys are playing, why are you are picking well, the other Well, I'm team?
0: picking them because I hate Dallas. Right? <laughs> okay. I just hate
1: them with all my heart. I, the 49ers are the
0: best NFC team. They're, they're the best NFC team. They're better than the Eagles. They're, they're better than Dallas. And – what was the question, and, and why did we ever doubt the 49ers? Mm-hmm. The quarterback position. I think it's been proven. I know the Seahawks aren't aren't an elite team, and I know that first half kind of made you a little nervous about their ability of, uh, of really kind of sticking to it, but name me a weakness. Name me a thing that they have that you feel the Cowboys have an advantage over them.
1: I will say the only thing we should be concerned about, and I'm speaking from experience watching Mac Jones in 2021 – Mac Jones played really well until he had his first rookie moment in quotes, where mm-hmm. he looked like a rookie, and that was that Indianapolis game where he had two interceptions. Just wasn't connecting with the receivers. Sure, he that's looked like always a rookie. on the table. That's what I'm concerned about with Brock Purdy. Does he at some point in these playoffs have a rookie moment? Yeah, and
0: that is that's that's a totally valid thing, but
1: I, I, but I don't I, think it's against the Cowboys. Let me let me clarify it, that.
0: Yeah, it, guess what, it could be, but even if it is. Even if it is, I I think their defense is good enough to help mitigate any sort of disaster there. Mm-hmm. I think their offense is good enough to where, okay, if I throw a pick here, if I have a strip sack and I fumble the ball, I'm pretty confident I'll still go down and put up points. You know, Dallas are a team that when they're on a roll, they're rolling. But how often have we seen Dallas
1: roll a team, roll a team? Minnesota, that's it. Really. Minnesota?
0: Yeah. Right? When, I mean, Minnesota looked like after a point they were like, I quit this game, right? <laughs> Minnesota, um, but we, we don't see it often. We don't see it often because they're not built that way. Dallas aren't, aren't, aren't built. They're built for shootouts. They've got an opportunistic defense that can turn the ball over. They're not meant to steamroll teams. The 49ers have everything to steamroll a team. Um, I'm taking the 49ers here. I think They're just a better team from top to bottom. I think they're my Super Bowl NFC team. Yeah. I'd love to see. I would love to see. I mean, I'm picking the Giants. I'd love to see an Eagles 49ers championship game. That'd be fun to watch because um, I think they're a little bit similarly matched. I just I just think if Brock Purdy is on cruise control and plays well, this team's going to the Super Bowl. So I'm taking them over to Dallas.
1: Also, F Dallas. Okay. No, I agree with you. Um, I'm going to go with the 49ers in this one um yeah man that's it that then after that we got conference championship week then we're gonna have a bye week and then we're gonna have the super bowl in arizona
0: i might have to have you over on Sunday. i know we said that i, I have I, we, we might have to set up a, a dude's uh, hangout on uh, on sunday to watch sunday i'm games. down like,
1: i mean these games are i believe i my girlfriend's a giants fan sorry it's a problem yes it is a problem i believe we should are probably going probably to a bar to watch that game but okay i should be free sunday sunday it is i believe am i free sunday you to my Sunday. secretary to check my schedule. Yeah, I, have my I, wish agent, I, call I wish I was that high-end well, secretary.
0: Shawnee, <laughs> quite a weekend we had. Quite mm-hmm. a weekend we have yet to have. But uh, I'd say we have uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Don't you think? Oh, dude. I could never be a vegan. Yeah, dude, it's never going to happen. Need, Chickens just should wings. be running in fear every time I walk down the street. A <laughs> uh, Raising Cane's opened up down the road, so that's just another uh, that's a chicken tender spot. That I'm just going to... Mm. Yeah, so chickens, just remember, when I'm around, you are certainly not
1: safe. Uh, but, Shawnee,
0: can't wait. This is going to be a great weekend of football ahead and uh, anything I'm missing.
1: One more question. Hit if it. any of the matchups are upsets, which one is it going to be? If
0: any of the matchups are upsets,
1: I think the Giants.
0: I think the okay. Giants could be a genuine, like, honest-to-God upset, and I would love I would love nothing more than that to happen, honestly, which is odd because I don't like them, but I would love for that to happen.
1: Okay, sounds good. There's your answer. That's it. Well, there's your
0: show, folks, Shawnee thanks so much for uh coming by um always good to see you and uh we'll have to go upstairs and check and see if my wife uh ended up um i don't know breaking something god knows what she did but uh always good to see you shawnee thank you so much for stopping by we will catch you guys next week to recap everything divisional and god have mercy we will be previewing the conference championship games what in the world is happening with time um i i don't even know but let's soak it in while it's here let's uh Let's not cry because it's gone. Let's smile because it happened. But we will see you guys next week. And as always, I'll catch you guys on the other side.